0: good morning and welcome to the manual it is a vanglorious thursday week is almost over well for most of us but it's that time of the week where we try to get our weekend plans together whatever we're going to be doing obviously we're staying in <laughs> Nah, just kidding but not kidding some of us get to go out and i hope where you are um conditions are relaxing but again Take the utmost caution in traveling out to protect yourself and your loved ones. This thing is not over by any stretch of the imagination. Do not be fooled that or put to sleep, put into a lullaby about what's going on out there. Please protect yourselves. Take the precautions. Establish those habits that you've been um, doing with the social distancing. Okay, so today I want to touch on a couple of things. It's kind of going to be a random um, topic day. Uh, but first I want to, I want to just address a couple of sports things. Really. Um, I know most of the audience do not, are not sports fans, but I do have a couple of people that have been requesting to do talks on sports. Um, I, you know, I'm a sports lover. I feel that it is important that we have sports in society. It, you know, talks about teamwork. Um, it's entertainment It's a mind numbing distraction from what's going on. But I know with sports uh, being a big economic push with things, I know sports can be something that divides the family or or unites or unites. Okay, so obviously right now we, we would have been in the middle of the playoffs. Playoffs would have been starting in basketball. Uh, heading into, I believe it might have been the semifinals right about now, and then heading into the finals. Uh, so obviously, we're missing basketball. Don't know what the plans are, how they're going to proceed forward to even have that, because football is coming up soon. And if you run basketball, you may run into football. We'll see how this happens, if it happens at all. I don't think it's going to happen at all. I just, you know, even fans or no fans, it's the uh, testing protocols that will rule the day of how players because it just takes one people just takes one person on staff on the field in you know the security whatever you have it just takes one person and this whole thing goes down so um obviously you know hopefully that they're taking precautions and that they're going to be really careful about doing so so in the um advent of sports obviously um big boxing fan here um a couple of fights would have been missed especially around Cinco de Mayo, and um, usually in the summer we get about two or three big fights that's not going to happen. I think they announced that in August they may have Tierfemo Lopez versus Lomachenko, which will be a great fight for those who are fight fans. Uh, I'll probably end up doing a podcast uh, episode on something of that magnitude for my boxing fans. Okay, so it's been a video, viral video, if, as you guys seen, all over the place with Mike Tyson at 53 years old, still showing that he got some stuff left. Um, now, I'm in, I'm kind of in a school of thought that, you know, there's certain ages where you get to, um, and again, I cannot speak for the man, I don't know the man, that when you get to that, you may have to, you know, stay retired, Mike. Not saying that the competition by any stretch of the imagination is great out there in the heavyweight division. And I believe that he was just gonna do a charity event, if anything. He hasn't really considered a serious uh return to the ring. It has happened in the past. You know, George Foreman captured a title at fifty. George Foreman, probably one of the greatest heavyweights of his generation that doesn't get enough Uh, Press, but he was a great. He's actually, uh, if um, history um, reminds me or reminds us, he is the, he has the hardest hitting punch um, of a heavyweight. Knock you out with either hand. The percentages are outrageous of a jab putting you down. Guy was an absolute monster. But as we saw Mike in those videos doing his thing, um, albeit against pads, but he was still showing his stuff so i know from the current crop of heavyweights i don't watch the heavyweight division i know mike will probably run through at least the top 10 guys and he can easily get a championship from the bums that we have at the top tyson fury bum joshua bum ruiz bum wilder bum 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 <laughs> that's my opinion all right so obviously we're we're seeing that what i want mike to discuss um with this is kind of what I want to talk about today as far as a topic is, is health and wealth. Um, and health and wealth, I am talking about not monetary wealth. I'm talking about the wealth of being healthy. A lot of us um, with the corona situation, uh, we're getting to see now that a lot of the lifestyles that we live, whether it be uh, the diet that we have, and I hate the word diet, I'll get into that in a second, the diet that, that we have or the extracurricular things around that diet. You know, the, the excessive drinking, the excessive smoking, uh, the lack of movement and exercise and, and proper sunlight and uh, obviously the best one of ever proper rest. I don't get enough rest. This is something I know for a fact for myself. I acknowledge it. I try to do as best as I can with it, but I'm a nocturnal person. I do my best work at night so I don't get enough sleep. I, I don't think I've been to bed unless I'm sick at nine o'clock. 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the evening in forever. i um, usually up, down about midnight to 1 o'clock, the latest. But I'm up about 7, 8 on a good day. So I know that I don't get these things. There's a few different things out there, guys. So um, eating for your blood type. It is not new science. It's science has kind of been around for at least the last 30, 30 plus years or so. And what eating for your blood type is, is something that you might want to check into. Those of you that have... Um, issues with certain foods. And you might wonder why I'm having issues eating certain things or why certain things don't agree with you. We all get the old, it's not sitting right, you know, or I ate too much or, you know, it's just not going down right. It can be other things. I'm not a doctor, but it also can be that you are not eating the right type of foods for your blood type. You know, we all know that someone who's anemic, um, who, who who needs iron in their diet or iron in their in their um cavalcade of things that they're doing we know that that happens it's a byproduct of being iron deficient that you need to eat more iron rich foods whether it be plant consumption or if you're eating animal protein so eating for your blood type is a similar situation and i am i'm O negative uh if you don't know your blood type i think you should know your blood type for a lot of reasons obviously if you're ever in a serious situation um car accident uh injury you fell something and if you're conscious and they get you to the hospital they may ask you what's your blood type because you may need a blood transfusion they need to know how to match you to it now obviously technology is fast-paced lightning these days so they can probably figure that out really quickly for you but you might want to know your own blood type for a lot of reasons um if you're gonna give blood receive blood that type of thing so if you don't know your blood type homework assignment go get your blood type find out Okay, so any for your blood type or eating um, a proper diet is, is key to what you're doing. Right now, a lot of us are struggling being in with uh, weight gain or maybe just um, some aches and pains because you're not as mobile as you used to be. You're trying to do your best to get out and get some exercise. You're trying to do things um, that you did prior to COVID, but not getting the same thing. Your body's kind of regressing. Your body's kind of going back into the state of what it was. It doesn't take long for your body to go back to a state prior. And I say this as a trainer, and I say this as someone who works out, you can work out hardcore seven, eight months straight. And if you're not injured, but you try to take some time off, your body starts to kind of go back. If, you, if you're if you less mobile, if you're not stretching enough, if you're not getting enough sleep, if you're eating way more calories and you're burning, this is a scientific fact that your body will go back to a state. It's called getting deconditioned. So that's the word today. deconditioned, being deconditioned. Um, and there's obviously ways to combat that um, with not us having access to a gym facility right now and some of us who are fortunate to have weights at home Um, You can use your body weight. I always tell people this. All my clients know this from me. When you go on vacation or holiday, now obviously you're on a vacation. I don't expect you to work out every single day of your vacation. You're not there to do that. But you want to kind of keep that routine as best as you can. So I would tell them to take bands with them, you know, little mini bands. Um, Great workout in the morning before breakfast or before you start your day. It's kind of a a good thing to keep your body in that routine because what we do on vacation is the first thing we get there, we get the drinks. All of a sudden, we get these sugary drinks, alcoholic drinks, and we're going to town on it. We're going to town. We're pounding. We're eating around the clock, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and plus snacks in between. Uh, You are getting exercise because you may be getting into the beach or getting into the pool, Um, but most of the time, I would say 70% of the time, you're actually just sitting around chilling. It is, you know, vacation is what you're there for. Now, if you don't go on vacation and work out, take your st- stuff with you, it's not a detriment. You're fine. You know, you might be going one or two weeks. That doesn't change anything. That doesn't really, you know, it throws off your your caloric intake. Uh, you may be eating a lot more. But then when you get back to stateside, if you were traveling, you should be doing enough where you're, things should go back to normal pretty quickly. Now, if you got back and you're still keeping that same schedule, then you'll realize at some point that you're, you know, hey, I got to get back on track. I'm I'm still eating like I'm on vacation, still not moving around. Some of us need a vacation from a vacation. I am one of those people. I go on vacation, lounge around, do what I just said, and then I'll get back. I'll take two more days before I actually go back to work to kind of just detox. I'm still laying around, but I'm actually going to meal prep now. I'm going to kind of plan my workouts and go about it that way. It's just taking time from just getting off a plane, literally, you know, Sunday night and then going to work Monday morning. I kind of need that, that, that jet lag time. I guess what they call that. I just need that time in between for myself personally. I usually take about two days to do that. Okay. So when it comes down to it, um, a lot of us are, um, pre something, Um, If you're not pre-something just yet, pre-diabetic, pre-hypertensive, you know, if you don't change what you're doing, you will head in that direction. Uh, A good thing is to know your family history. It's uh, something that is very important for people to understand is where you come from and what things are um, predestined for you. Or what the word that they use now, pre-existing, things that are just kind of lingering and, you know, heading in the right direction or wrong direction to avoid or to run smack into it so i tell you guys to tell you that tell you that to tell you this you are you uh when we get into our little circle of friends and groups everyone's doing the new fad diet like keto or paleo or something these things are not bad to do per se but they are not really good for everyone and why i say that is that you need to understand how your body works. We all kind of work the same way, but again, we don't. We don't. We have the same set of bones. We have the same set of teeth and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, we are absolutely different when it comes down to it. And the things that we eat process different. I don't eat red meat. I stopped eating red meat in 1991, I believe. That was, I was 16 then, 1990, 1991, I was 16, 17 years old, and I stopped eating red meat. People always ask me, well, what made you stop eating red meat? A few things stopped me from eating red meat. The way I was feeling after eating uh, lots of red meat, consuming a lot, I just did not feel well. I was always bloated, I felt like, I felt lethargic. I was slow to react to things. I was playing sports at the time and I just did not feel like my best self. And then when I kind of weaned myself off the first time, it was very hard. So it was a two attempt situation. First time I got off, I had about two or three months or so. And then if you guys know what Checkers is, Checkers is a um, hamburger or burger place just like McDonald's. Um, you may have a checkers or rallies or whatever they call it these days. Um, I had a chant burger after being three months off of no meat. And when I tell you I was sick, I couldn't explain. I thought I caught, you know, the worst uh, set of food poisoning you could imagine. And I just realized that maybe it's a reaction to the meat. So let me let me do it again. But I went to a different place, not just not checkers again, but I went to a different um, place to have a burger. And I think I had the same reaction, but not as intense. And I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go back off meat. And it was probably one of the best things that I did for me back then. Um, because it, it, it kind of made me realize maybe the hormones or the steroids or is in that meat is not just, it's not conducive to how I was running my body. Um, so yeah, I stopped eating meat about 1990 or so. And it definitely was something that I, I appreciate giving myself that gift to do. Now, I do eat chicken and I do eat fish. Um, I tried to come off chicken a few times. It's, it's kind of hard um, because I, you know, animal protein and all my friends that are vegan or Friends that are vegetarians, uh, we always have these friendly debates about what I need and what I don't need. I have a very high BMR, and I've explained what a BMR is to you guys um, on one of the la- or I mentioned made mention of it on one of the past episodes. BMR is your basal metabolic rate. Basal that's B-A-S-A-L. Basal, Latin for at rest, still not moving. Basal metabolic rate. So everyone has a BMR. Um, it can be measured in a few different ways, but it, it always measures the same thing. It measures how many calories you need at a minimum to survive. OK, so what that means is you need X amount of calories to be functioning, to be awake, uh, to be upright, to not feel sick, to kind of move through the day. OK, everyone has a BMR. You kind of see what they reference to a BMR on packages of food. Um, it's if you guys everyone's seen this it says based on a 2000 calorie diet now that's the medium that they take for everyone 2000 calories is what some you know average people you sh- can consume in a day 2000 calories that seems like a lot of calories and it is because if you're eating the right foods broccoli spinach um you know lots of vegetables bell peppers um cauliflower asparagus, Brussels sprouts, you know, if you're eating those things, those things have a very low glycemic index. They have very low, they're very low in, in, in calories. So you can eat an abundance of these things and you still be able to make your, your needs. Now, one of the things that you can exceed is if you eat fast food and I implore you not to eat fast food because fast food is not good for you. It's not nutritionally good for you. There's no value in fast food. You know, some of us like to say there's levels of fast food and they're right. You know, if I had to, if I had to pick between McDonald's and Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A would always win for me because the options at Chick-fil-A are a lot better than McDonald's because of the boneless, I'm sorry, the, uh, the, uh, wings that are, um, or nuggets, whatever you want to call them that don't have any breading on it. They give you a naked, I think it's called naked. They give you a naked situation with that. Um, So I would always have to pick the alternative when I do that. Now, your BMR is something that you should know because the more active you are, the more your BMR goes up. Kind of sounds counterintuitive, but it makes sense. Think of the firewood analogy that I gave you guys a while ago. You know, if we're standing in a, 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 a forest and we it's freezing and I throw one piece of firewood into the pit and light it up, we're going to have to huddle close to that firewood to kind of get warm. But if we throw 10 logs on that fire and step back, we can actually bask in the radiance of that flame. It's the way your body is. Your body needs energy to survive. The more fit you are, the more energy you need, the more fat you are. So understanding your BMR is very important for a lot of reasons. You need to know what you need to survive, as I mentioned. Now, there's an easy way to calculate your BMR, uh, roughly. So there's a few BMR calculators online that you can pretty much jump on and and get. I like one by, it's called uh, on freedieting.com. It's a BMR calculator. You put in your age, your height, your weight, And how active you are and be honest of how active you are. If you only go to the gym twice a week, if you only go to the gym four times a week, or if you're a hardcore seven day person, put that in there because it's going to tell you your BMR. And if you do that, honestly, the first time, then you can actually manipulate those numbers by saying, okay, if I increased my gym usage or gym going by two more days or a day how does this affect my BMR? And you'll see that it'll it'll change because it's taken into consideration that you're moving more. You need more energy. So I tell people all the time, one of the things that we realize when we're trying to lose weight or we're trying to maintain weight or gain weight, you have to eat. It sounds counterintuitive, but you have to fight that feeling. You have to eat. You have to think about how I'm going to react To energy needs that I have. If you have a a job that requires a lot of thinking, you need to be fueled for that. If you have a physical job, even more so, you need to be fueled and, you know, able to perform that job at the best of your ability. Because when we don't eat and we starve ourselves, our body goes into uh, a state of starvation and then it's all kinds of problems from there. So never think of, you know what, I'm just going to skip meals and I'm going to lose weight. Mm, not so much. You got to think about the healthy um, versus the adverse effects that that has on your body. Okay. Another thing that we do, uh, I'll get back to BMR in a second, is how the scale changes or fluctuates. And I tell people all the time, if you're a scale watcher, like whale watcher, it's kind of a, a funny thing that trainers say. If you're a scale watcher, do not weigh yourself every day. It's pointless. It's anxiety. It's Awful. Don't do it. Don't do it every day. Pick a day, whether it's a Sunday or Monday, Tuesday, whatever day that you have, you wake up, go to the bathroom and then weigh yourself. Don't drink anything yet. Don't eat anything. Just weigh yourself. As soon as you wake up, that is your tear weight. That's the, that's the actual weight that you are as of that moment to know, to understand if it's trending or not then you need to weigh yourself a couple of more times. Think of the averages that we learn in third grade, the average of things. So if you are trending up, obviously there's an issue. Maybe there's days that you're eating more than you're not. And if you're trending down, obviously you're losing weight. So whatever you're doing in that regard, you need to kind of understand and keep doing it if you want to do that. I tell people a few things when we do our intakes. Intakes is a health assessment that all trainers should do. So if you ever hired a trainer or if you're ever thinking of hiring a trainer, there's a few things that you need to kind of take into consideration and you need to do. First thing, never have someone, I don't don't care what they say to you, how great they look in their clothes or out of their clothes or whatever do not let anyone train you until they do an assessment with you and when i say assessment is a it's a two-part situation the first part should be a kind of a sit down um and a walkthrough, a talk through of what you want to do how your goals what kind of person you are, what kind of eater you are, how active or not active you are. These things are very important to how your training is going to go, how your training plan is going to be developed for you. Because again, it's not a one size fit all situation. Everyone has a different thing. If you have a bad shoulder, I can't, you know, have you bench pressing. I can't have you snatching and cleaning. I can't have you doing certain things that, you know, may affect how you're going to react to that. I don't want to re-injure or I don't want to injure you. To the point where you know it was bad, now it's worse. It's not, it's not what we're out to do for each other. We're not out to injure, I'm not out to push you to something that you shouldn't be doing. Okay. The second part of that assessment should talk about how you move. We assessed you with different tools that we have. We have also we have different exercises and movement patterns that we perform there's only seven movement patterns guys seven movement patterns that everybody every human can move and then within those seven a lot of people have hypermobility um or flexibility you know depending on how limber they are you know i love the yoga people because the first time i did yoga oh my god i was like oh you know pretty fit that fit guy. I'm holding my poses. I'm like, oh my God, I'm sweating. I'm shaking. I'm like, what, what is wrong? Is this natural? Is this normal? Cause I'm not used to being in this position for that long. So I got a reality check of, of my static mobility. So getting back to, um, having someone train you it's important for you to go through a, an assessment, whether, um, you feel this necessary or not. I'm telling you it is necessary as a trainer and as someone just want to, best practices, go through the assessment process. It's a a time for you to unload and unpack what you are feeling, what you're going through, because to, uh, to better understand how to help you, we need to understand what the root problem is. You can eat the best, you can work out all week long, but if you don't get rest and recovery, it doesn't matter. And same for other things. You might be getting 12 hours of sleep, but you're eating like shit, and it doesn't matter. You might be exercising like crazy, not eating or resting, and there's no no gains to be had. It's a fact. It's science. It's it's what we have a industry for. It's why we exist. You know? So, you know, be very cautious in, on on how you you pick things for yourself. Because again, what I said earlier about doing paleo and doing keto. Um, there's things again, and I, I'm i not here to dispel any diets. I'm not here to debunk anything. I'm, that's not what my purpose of this talk is about. It's about you understanding how you should treat your body, treat yourself. Okay. With keto, one I'm not going to pick on keto, but keto comes to mind with this. Keto is a lot of consumption of fats. Okay. Obviously you're active and you're losing weight. There's been success with keto with a lot of patients. But what they don't tell you about keto is that your visceral fat will increase if you already have a lot of visceral fat. And what visceral fat is for those that are not versed in certain terms. Visceral fat is the fat around your organs. So your heart, your liver, your lungs, your kidneys, that type of thing. If that fat increases, it could be very problematic for you. One of the things that um, people don't understand about visceral fat is that it cannot be worked off. It cannot be worked out. You know, we kind of go to the gym and work out. We sweat, kind of go through the process. But with visceral fat, it takes some dieting. It takes some 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 good practicing. It, it takes some good diligence um, to get that off. And again, those are the that's the type of fat that causes the issues that that we face today. Um, in this country. You know, prior to COVID, prior to COVID, heart disease, and it still is probably the king, number one killer in the world. You know, I wish they would put the numbers up like we see on CNN with COVID killing people every day. I wish they put up the numbers for heart disease. Because it is it's something that is crazy Obesity is a very big problem in this country It has been for decades You know, we're one of the most industrialized nations on the planet But we have some of the fattest people walking around And it's not to kick anybody in the butt right now Or, or talk shit It's about facts It's about if you don't change certain things You won't be around long You won't be around long You know, heart disease is a silent, slow killer it's killing you right now if you're if you're eating bad, you know, or you're not exercising. You know, we have time to do everything else. We have time to binge watch The Last Dance. We have things to do. But when it comes to our health and wealth, for some of us, it becomes a struggle. It becomes either you're not motivated or you can't do that. The friends that you have, the friends that you have, one of those friends should be someone that is a fitness person not a trainer per se but someone who's into things that you are we are a reflection of our friends if you have friends in the financial sector if you have friends in government if you have friends that are police officers whatever you need to have a friend or friends that are like-minded active people because it makes you active it gives you a reason to get out there on the trails with them it gives you a reason to go running with them if you're a runner a gym a gym partner those type of things are very important to have because it's an aspect of your life that we seldom, you know, give a lot of attention to. We we just don't do it. I don't know why, but we don't do it. I, as uh, as a kid, I used to always, you know, if I'm outside, I see people jogging. Now, I hate running. I I hate running. Running is probably the last thing on my list of active things to do. I'd rather go for a nice long walk than to run 10 miles, real talk, it's just not, I just don't, I'm not a runner, I don't like to do it, I ran track in high school, but that was for football, I basically, you know, ran for boxing and all of that, but again, it was part of the process, so I had to do it, but when, in in my downtime, I would never run to say, well, I need to go clear my head, let's go run, Mm -mm, I'll probably get in the car and drive, real talk, uh, real talk I probably just go For a long drive To clear my head Versus a run You know Walks are good You know Walks Against running Obviously running You're moving a little faster But walking Don't um, Don't just discard that If you're, if you're doing If you're walking if you, if you get up every day And you walk in the morning Or walk in the evenings Or whatever Keep doing that Because that's important Running and walking Takes um, Takes things back A lot for us It, it, it Actually gives you back years Okay the one thing that I um, struggle with my friends with, my inner circle or outer circle or whatever you want to call it, is when we go out um, either to Buffalo Wild Wings to watch a game or MMA fight or, you know, if we're just congregating to do stuff, is the choices that I see. And, and again, I'm not judging anybody. It's just what I see. You know, I'll hear a friend complain about, yeah, I'm, you know, gaining some weight, you know, it's issues, I'm, I'm having problems but then it's like when we're out they're they're drinking a lot of beer, they're drinking a lot of alcohol, they're eating crazy and I'm like in my head I'm like so you know what what's going on, you know what the problems are. You know? So like you're just contributing to what it is, you know? Maybe they're not motivated, I don't know. But if they say, "Hey, Cleve, let's let's start working out together." I usually have that talk and I'm like, "Listen, I take my gym time serious. I take that's my time to go into the gym." And do what I need to do. We can talk in there. You know, it's part of, you know, working out, you know, it's the machismo, you know, but the end of the day, I'm like, listen, if you're going to show up for a workout, we're going to work out. I'm not going to bullshit around. I'm not going to, you know, take, you know, 20 minutes off a a set or reps and then, you know, fuck around. Like, that's not, if, if you want to do that, do that with your other friends. Like me, I'm, I'm coming in there to get this done because it's a very, a very serious part of, of who I am. You know what I'm saying? So I always have that talk, like, listen, I will, I will cut your throat in the gym. Do not do it. Okay. Um, so yeah, when it comes to drinking, obviously, you know, I'm not a big drinker. Um, I drank a lot in my twenties, but as I left my twenties, a lot of things got left in my twenties, such as drinking excessively. I drink wine occasionally now, but and if I have a beer, that beer has a pamper on it because I just, you know, I'm not a hard charger when it comes to alcohol and it's just my personal take on it. Um but I've I've seen friends just really go to town and then they're telling us, "Hey, I got problems. I you know, my health is not good." And I'm like, "I wonder why, man, because you're you're really really doing more harm than good." You know. So understanding what diet works for you and I mentioned I was going to come back to the word diet. I hate that four letter word. I because it kind of signifies a temporary state. I got the class reunion coming up. I got the family union coming up. I'm going to a wedding. I'm in a wedding. I need a revenge body because my ex broke up with me and I need to get, you know, I need to look good when they see me. Whatever your reason is, whatever your why is, you know, keep that why going because a diet is not just for that temporary situation. The diet is for the rest of your life. A diet is how you eat. It's how you eat for your, for your entire life. You know, now I have, I have, uh, a cheat day. I have Sundays is my cheat day. Usually, especially around football season, because that's the day, you know, obviously football's on on a Sunday. Um, I usually watch college football on Saturday if I can it's not a it's not a hard staple for me, but obviously watching football on Sundays is is something that I, I enjoy doing. And for those ladies that you know know your men well, football is an entire day. We wake up, we're watching the pre-shows. <laughs> we might be doing yard work, we might be doing work on the car, or whatever. We're watching the pre-shows. But when that one o'clock hits, the games are one to four. Usually 12 games on, then four to seven ish and then you have your Sunday night game which is from like 8 to like 11 o'clock and then the next day it's Monday night football which is from excuse me, 7 or 8 p.m to about 11 so that's a lot of time in there that your man or woman is watching football and for those of you that have a woman that watches football with you god bless you that's that's so dope that A woman speaks football (laughs) because there's a lot of there's a lot of women that um, play football. There's a lot of women that uh, enjoy football and, you know, don't discount it because that 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 might be a way to bond and kind of celebrate, you know, just having some fun, you know, with your lady. So if you speak football for you, do it. So in 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 that aspect, in that regard, with the exception of the Monday night game. I just let everything go on a Sunday. There's, it's impossible for me to track calories. Now, I'm conscious of what I'm eating, but it's impossible for me to say, well, I'm probably around 1,400 calories right now. I can honestly tell you I probably ingest on a Sunday during football season, which is about 18 weeks with the playoffs. i probably ingest just around that time frame alone, those weeks, those, those uh 16 or 17 weeks I probably ingest On average Close to 3000 calories Now if you guys Understand something about Caloric intake If you If you can guess I'll give you a 10 second guess And, and in, in 10 seconds You'll see if you're right or not Do you know how many calories Equate to a pound Meaning do you know How many calories You need to ingest To gain a pound Or how many calories You need to lose To lose a pound I'll give you 10 seconds 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And the answer is, if you've guessed this, you've got this right. 3,500. Yes. 3,500 calories equals a pound. If you guys have ever heard the statement that to lose a pound a week, you need to eat 500 calories less. And you're like, how does that math work? Easy. Whatever you're ingesting... If you know your BMR, you slash off 500 calories off of that. And that's pretty easy to do. Um, Whatever meals that you have, if you're eating a salad and you've made a nice salad, you know, you got your greens, you got your protein, you have, you know, some extra things in there, nuts, cranberries, whatever you have. If you now drizzle or pour on blue cheese dressing or ranch dressing or whatever you put on top, creamy you've taken that salad into another realm. That salad's now become a meal meal versus just something that tide you over with the meal. Okay. So you can easily take away the dressing, take away, you know, certain things from the salad that makes it five hundred calories less. And usually the dressing alone is probably about three to four hundred calories that you just, you know, just use, splash it with, you know, oil and vinegar or some kind of vinegarette, and you're fine. So if, if you took off 500 calories per day times 7 days, 5 times 7 is 35. 3500. Easily just changing your eating habits, you lose a pound a week. Now, couple that with being active, doing the gym 3 times uh a week, you know, you know, going for a nice walk in between. Now again, whatever you have time for as far as the gym, you have to make a time for a passive rest day and when i say rest you can be a total rest or you can say you know what every Friday i, I go for a five mile walk okay that's great or i go swimming or rock climbing or whatever it is it's still a workout day but you're doing something fun make the workouts fun you know you have your hardcore lift days you have you may have a day of cardio um and then you have your passive rest day and of course you need actual rest days where you don't touch any weights you don't Go anywhere, you kind of just relax and, and I call it gym for your mind. Um, I do puzzles, I'll do something on luminosity, I'll go on Mensa's website and kind of play around with something. So, you know, it is kind of giving my mind a, a chance to develop as well as the body does. Okay, so a couple of takeaways from today's talk know your BMR, and again, it's called basal metabolic rate, BMR. It is a calculation that is, um, unique to you and your caloric needs, uh, as you become more active, it changes. So if you see it being, you know, your, your basic metabolic needs are 1800 calories a day, that doesn't mean that you have to just eat 1,800 calories. That means at a minimum, you need to consume about 1,800 calories to stay the weight that you are to kind of function, and and from there. Now, if you if you were to take that 1,800 and add another 400 to it or or 500 to it, then you have to know that you know you're you're increasing your your calories, but you need to be also you know decreasing by having some kind of movement. So know your BMR, know your blood type. Go out and find out, you know, ha- ask your doctor. You know, they have that stuff. You may have not realized it or forgotten, but they have that stuff on file. Get your, be- get your um, blood type. And then if you want to do some kind of fun reading, read about eating for your blood type. It's interesting stuff, you know. Do your due diligence. I am not prescribing or telling you to go ahead and do something that you shouldn't. But it's important to know these things about. It might answer some questions for you about how you react to certain foods. Okay, the other the other takeaway is knowing that, you know, whatever diet and you know how I feel about the word diet, guys, (laughs) whatever diet you're on or whatever diet you're going to pursue with your friends, know how it affects you, know how you deal with that. I do intermittent fasting. Um, I'll do a separate podcast episode on intermittent fasting, the benefits of it, you know, some of the bad sides of it, things of that nature. But, you know, to kind of glaze over or gloss over. That for a second, if you don't deal well with hunger, if your blood sugar blood sugar levels drop low enough, you might not want to do intermittent fasting because it is it is going a good period of time without eating. Now, mind you, half of that half of those hours you're sleeping probably. I do a sixteen to eight or eighteen to six, and what what that basically means is that for sixteen hours I am not eating anything. I'm drinking green tea. I'm drinking lots of water. Things of that nature. And then I'll break my fast. My fast usually starts around 930 in the evening. And that's because of my work schedule. And then I break the fast at about 1:30 if I'm doing the 16 hours. If I'm doing the 18 hours, then I'll break the fast at 330 in the afternoon. I'll have my biggest, largest meal around that time. Um, fasting has a lot of really, really good effects on the body, especially intermittent fasting. But again, there's schools of thought that, you know, say that you shouldn't go far because there, there are other fasts that are like intermittent fasting, like um, the cardio fast, sorry, cardiac fast, where you go a little longer. But again, it's how you deal with hunger, how you deal with feeling your body if you have a very busy work life. Um, if you have active work life, you work in some place where you need to move a lot, then you might not want to uh, go that much longer without food. OK, so um, I know that a lot of my brothers and sisters who are Muslim are in uh, season of Ramadan. And, you know, the, that the Ramadan fast is it's actually brutal because you're not even taking in any water. So kudos to you guys for ever doing that. It's probably one of the hardest things I've seen people do personally um and and i know it's a religious thing but it's it's definitely something to behold to watch people um for a religious thing do that awesome okay so if anyone has questions about what i talked about today feel free to message me um you can text me call me uh email me or, you know, just keep listening, but I'll love your questions on it. Um, I can ask anything or point you in the right direction. If I don't have answers, uh, that's what we kind of do for each other. We're information bank. We come in, make deposits and we take withdrawals. Okay. Thank you again for listening to the manual and have a great day.